The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. And yes, it's my fault you haven't heard from us in a couple of weeks. Ah. I blame my computer, though, because it died a horrific death. That's why our uh, our cover art, it looks different because the old cover art, it's gone. <clears throat> it seemed to have been eaten by a nasty hard drive. I'm not well, speaking to that hard drive anymore. And it's not speaking to me, which is why we don't have it. So <laughs> we've missed a lot of stuff. But you know what? That's okay. It was the, the Christmas holiday, and not a whole lot of new stuff came out. But <clears throat> there has been some some interesting bits that I'd like to throw out there. For example, uh, the COVID thing. No, I'm not ending the show already. But, yeah, the, the COVID thing, it, it's still going, <laughs> as evidenced by yes. Todd's working at home and the Picard set. Uh, it's been shut down. So season two is going to be delayed gasp because and this is i don't know if it's exactly half but the announcement was half the cast and crew have covid no patrick stewart isn't on that list yet yeah holy cow that's i mean there's a lot of people who make shows especially a show with something that size on that scale so it's still a thing wear a mask or stay home yeah, it is exploding. If if the NFL had any integrity, which is <laughs> that's that's the, You're funny. that's the that's the joke for the week. Should have talked about that in pre-pro. Hi Ted, I beat you. But <clears throat> if they had any integrity, they would not force teams to start practice squad quarterbacks, which is what they've been doing because they've had teams with 24 players on the COVID list at game time, which that's is 24 ridiculous. players you have to replace. But yeah, it's like. Yeah, we're going to play. Yeah, good job. You sold the tickets. No, that's not the reason. <clears throat> yeah, they're they're saying it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we can't push the playoffs back because, you know, we've got these contracts. Oh, I'm sure the networks wouldn't reschedule their canned productions to have playoff games a week or two later. It's like, whatever. It's just utter BS. So, yeah, nope. COVID is uh, a thing more than ever. So, fun times. It's not just Picard that's been delayed. And I think this is interesting. Uh, Sony announced that New Mutants is no longer their most delayed film of all time. (laughs) It's now Morbius, which has been pushed back yet again. It was supposed to come out this month. Guess what? It's not. It's now April 1st. Really? April Fool's Day? You're funny. It'll be pushed back yet again. Sure. which is just kind of sad. I mean, it, I'll be honest. Morbius was not a character that ever did a th- anything for me in the books or when they did an animated version of him or anything. But you know what? Put it out already. Um, even if it is Jared Le- Jared Leto, who I'm trying to think of something that I liked him in, and I'm drawing a blank. Do, do you have anything that you particularly cared for him in? Dallas Fight Club. Fight Club and the Dallas Fight Club. Wow, that's good. Dallas Fight Club, that would be really good. That had uh, uh, Matthew Christ. McConaughey, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, but yes, so I've seen him in things that I that I, I like him. Uh, he's he's kind of a squirrely actor for sure. I'd be interested to see how Morbius does because it, it, not exactly it is the appeal of the character Venom. Venom was still a surprise that it was such a box office hit. But oh, yeah. 
it, it'll be interesting to see how they how uh, Morbius plays out. Interesting to see that if they go forward with plans for Craven the Hunter, if Morbius pancakes is similar character. I mean, just as far as the level in, in of that he's a, notoriety. A, a spider villain and right, not really exactly. known for much of anything else. Right. I'm, I can see it would make a, it could make a very good film, but it's just odd that it's like, well, this is, we, this, we have this little niche and we're going to push it for everything we're worth. I mean, I'm surprised they don't have a trilogy of J. Jonah Jameson films, which frankly would probably be better than the Venom films. I'm not going to argue that. Because I think you're probably I, right. <laughs> I mean, J.K. Simmons is like, yeah, I would watch three movies of him, you know, just yelling at the top of his lungs, being angry. That would be terrific. <laughs> it's like, my God. And actually, I would much rather see a Craven the Hunter movie than than Venom or Morbius, because he was always a, a more interesting villain to me, if you want to call him a villain. Yeah, yeah good point, right? <laughs> Yeah, which is one of the cool things about those characters. So we'll yeah. see. Now, there is another Eventually. film that has been delayed and delayed, and it, it's kind of irksome to me that uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness did get pushed back, and I understand this one. It's not COVID. It's a copyright issue. This is this yeah. I thought was interesting. Yeah. The bad guy was originally supposed to be Shuma Gorath. But they are having to go back and change the name of Shuma Gorath to Gargantos. Because Shuma, I mean, it's the same. They're not having to reshoot everything. They're just re-recording audio <clears throat> and syncing up lips, I assume. Um, the, the reason they're changing it is because the name Shuma Gorath was created by, uh, let's see, what's his name? Rob E. Howard. Right. Specifically for Conan the Barbarian, who they don't have the rights for anymore, apparently. Oops. Yeah, so, and actually, I don't understand this. I, I, I get why they they have to do the reshoots, because they have to change the reference to the character. And by, by the way, Gargantos, that's the best you could come up with? That's pathetic. Uh, but you're... This is uh, Marvel. This is Disney. You guys have how many thousands of lawyers do you have? How many hundreds of copyright lawyers probably do you actually, actually. truly have on staff? <clears throat> and this slipped your attention that you did not have the rights to this character? Actually, this, pretty... this just occurred to me, and I think I know, I think I know why it skipped, it, skipped them, because Conan, and who they, I, I, I think they still have rights to Conan, because he's currently an Avenger. So I'm thinking it might be something along the lines of uh, I don't Terrence care. Dix, who they created don't the... They have the rights to the character now. They should have known. It's not like this just came up out of nowhere. It's well, like, I'm that's thinking inexcusable. It, it's like the Terrence Dix thing in Doctor Who, who created the Daleks, and he created, uh, he got the copyright for the Daleks. But then the Daleks became something that could not be used anywhere else. But the people who do Doctor Who don't have the rights. That'd be the Ter I hope I'm getting the name right. The Terrence Dix estate. So whenever they want to use them, they have to go to them and say, can we use them? I think it might be something like that. Okay, so. Which is weird. BB 
so does the BBC go into production on the Doctor Who series and film sequences with Daleks and then realize, oh, wait, we don't have copyright to it? I think no. they did. Well, they don't anymore. I think they did the first couple times they tried to use them after the original episode. Uh, I, I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous. I'm not I'm not I, saying it's not ridiculous. I'm just saying that 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 is a possibility. That's if just, someone wants to get back to us. For a company that is as, as litigious as Disney, that sues random neighborhood daycare centers if they slap a Mickey Mouse mural on the wall, which I get that. It's cheap and petty, but I, I get that. You're all about protecting your copyright, but you're not. <laughs> you have a division that looks into this, and you didn't bother to check every little thing. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. That's, that's pretty pathetic. I'm not going to argue. Won't change. Won't change the fact that the film is going to be wonderful. But come on, Gargantos. <clears throat> well, we hope it is anyway. That's that's weak. Speaking of something does it, that does it look like a Gargantos? Does that character look like a Gargantos to you? I'll be honest. I haven't even looked up the character and what it looks like, and it's not in the in the teaser trailer that I've noticed. It's 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 in the toys, which is why this leaked out to begin with which of course is a problem it's like oh the toys came out because the toys come out when they have to come out and then when they push the movie back up oh, the toys are already out there so yeah spoilers but a gigantic yeah. cyclopean squid creature like hmm. okay that is the one i thought it was yeah yeah gargantos uh, well if it was in a godzilla well, movie it would be called gargantos yeah, that's the issue. It's like, yeah, that's that's so generic. I mean, give it another weird Lovecraftian name and just come up with one instead of that's ah, just weak. That makes me sad. Two strikes against Disney slash Marvel for this. Guma Shorath. That'll do. <laughs> Would have been done better than what they did. Anyway. I'm just throwing I'm that out show. there. Um in other news of things that we'd like, but we're kind of confused about the breaking on this, uh, Young Justice season four, which I'm going to get to in just a minute as a review, uh, is taking a break. Uh, it's supposed to be a 26 episode season. They just finished episode, I think it was 12. And now they're taking a break until, <clears throat> quote, sometime in the spring. That's a little vague, don't you think? That's pretty vague. I mean, it, it, it could be COVID issues, too. It could be, but at the same but time. You would, you would think they would have a date and then just say. Give, give me a date. Depending on. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the season so far, if you have not been watching Young Justice, uh, that means you don't have HBO Max or access to a BitTorrent. Not that I'm suggesting you should do that. No. Um. <laughs> it is actually, it's, I think, just as good as the animated DC movies. It is about the same quality as when they did the uh, big story arc of the the new 52 movies, which start, I think started uh, just after Flashpoint and ended with, well, the other Flashpoint movie, uh, Dark Justice. Um. It's it's the same animation style. I think it's set in the same universe. I can't be completely sure because they haven't officially tied them together. But the way this season is going, it's gotten 
darker, but not in the DC live action stuff. You can still see what's going on. They haven't turned the lights out. Yay. <laughs> but, and th this is a bit of a spoiler, but it becomes a major story arc. Episode four, they kill Superboy. That's not fun. Uh, no, no, it's not. But it does have ramifications through the whole series. Um, the Legion fun. of Superheroes has come back from the future to observe and possibly help, but they disappeared after episode four, so we don't know what's going on with that particular storyline. Uh, we have followed uh, Beast Boy slash Changeling slash Garfield Logan slash whatever you want to call him slash, ooh, that was a painful slice. Um, <laughs> he is not handling the Superboy thing well, and they are doing the... What was in the books was the Roy Harper superhero on drugs storyline, only ah. they're doing it with Beast Boy. Beast Boy, which makes sense. It it works. I mean, it's it's not a happy storyline, but it's it's a That's good right. storyline. It's a well done storyline. Uh, they're also doing a lot of stuff with magic. There is a a big uh, story arc with Zatanna and her. I want to say disciples. And that's wrong. They're, they're just magic students. And one of whom, well, no, that'd be a spoiler. I'm not going to give that away. But it's really good. Yes, Dr. Fate does get involved. Uh, yes, the bad guy for this particular section is Clarion, who is always fun. I'm just going to say, keep your eye on the school bus. It does have a point. Boy, is that a weird thing to say. Because, uh, yeah, it's like episode six, this school bus just starts randomly appearing at different points. And you go, why is there a school bus there? It does make sense eventually. And you'll go, oh, I get it. I like that. That's good. Just keep your eye on the school bus. But that actually, going through the animated DC stuff, <clears throat> I realize that we've made a mistake. Everybody globally, I think, has made a mistake for several years now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Considering the most recent of the Batman trilogies, the yeah. one that started with Batman Begins and does not end with Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises, to me, doesn't exist. It's not part of this trilogy. <laughs> it actually now, because it was crap. It actually now goes Batman Begins, Batman Gotham Knight, and then Dark Knight. Now, I know you're kind of going, some of you are going, where did Gotham Knight come from? It's one of the animated movies, and it's supposed to be a direct sequel to Batman Begins. It set, takes place in the same universe. It's set in between those two movies. And if we take this as the second movie, that means Dark Knight, which is easily the best of these uh, of this particular Christian Bale-led uh, Batman series. For sure, we're going to have the best movie in the bet in the cleanup spot, even though it's batting third. It's a baseball term. Ted understands, but Gotham Knight. If you have not seen it, which I'm, I'm actually rather highly recommending, uh, starts with a variation of the uh, Batman animated series episode Point of View, in that we've got four kids telling their Batman stories. 
And it turns out it's all the same story. It's just out of order. That's not a spoiler. You pick up on that very quickly. Um, we get to follow through the Gotham uh, Police Department and how corrupt it is and how things are going wrong and how some people don't like Batman. We get a story of Batman versus Croc and Scarecrow. That's right. Croc was in this. Um, and we also get a thing of uh, Batman versus Deadshot. Again, another character that would have been really cool to see on a big screen, and this is probably as close as we're going to get. Yes, I know Will Smith did it. And but it was in that Suicide Squad movie, which was crap. Skip that. Take this one. I still love Will Smith. I'm not knocking Will Smith. He was the best part of that movie. But and this at is the same time totally wrong for the character. And he really was. <laughs> um, the one complaint, if you want to call it that, about this is that the art is a bit weird and the animation is off in places. But overall, it is really good. It's available on Amazon and a number of other streaming services. And it is so much better than Dark Knight Rises. I like Dark Knight Rises. However, Gotham Knight is really good. Gotham Knight is is, is much better. And I think if you take, take it with Batman Begins, Gotham Knight, then Dark Knight, it's a much better trilogy than trying to end with Dark Knight Rises. Because that movie, in my head, did not work on so many levels. And, and it's a shame because probably a tenth as many people saw Gotham Knight, if that. I know. As Dark Knight Rises. So very, very cool. Definitely. And I have absolutely no segue to get to Nightmare Alley. Really? <laughs> really? Night? Nightmare? <clears throat> I really? Can... Okay, there you go. Well, anyway, I, so... I told you, my hard drive's broken. That's, that's no, wait, no, that's a completely different thing altogether. Sorry. Your personal hard drive? The, uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, they could have named the villain one of the, at least one of the villains in uh, Doctor Strange to do Multiverse of Madness. They, they could have named it Guillermo del Shorath or something like that. So Nightmare Alley is... Guillermo del Toro's most recent film just came out a few weeks ago. And like almost every uh, drama is bombing at the box office because very few people, people who basically, if you don't want to see Spider-Man, no one's going to the movies. That's basically how things are working are working out during this latest wave of the pandemic. It, even the Matrix. Story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Matrix bombed, which we'll get to we'll that. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, but Nightmare Alley actually is a remake of like one of the great classic film noirs. This was first came out in 1947. Basically the same story. There is a drifty, drifty, a drifter, Carney, in this case played by Bradley Cooper. He just kind of, it's, it's just post-war. Jobs are hard to come by because all the soldiers have come back. And that's the, that was the reality of the times. There was, yeah, there was something of an economic boom, but at the same time, there was pretty high unemployment because, again, the workforce had just, boom, uh, exploded with all the guys coming back from the war. So he just gets kind of worms his way into a job at this traveling carnival. Carnivals used to be, back at that point, much more prevalent than they are now. We have, there's still carnivals that go around in the summer times, there were a lot more of them back then. 
and they had not, maybe not quite the best reputation, uh, as you may think that might be the case. So he worms his way into, the, into getting a job there. He be, befriends uh, a, a mentalist trick where the woman reads messages, supposedly reads messages that people have written and she can't see them. They put them all in a bucket. They set the messages on fire and then she tells them what they were talking about, except they just swap buckets. And the guy underneath the stage shows the messages that they'd written through a mirror. So then she's discerns through her mental powers this. So he gets the, the vibe on this trick. He figures out, he learns the trick along with this. Just where they, and it's just a cheap trick. I mean, and literally, except for it's not the band because that would be really cool. They're making like a quarter piece out of this. And he thinks, it's like, yeah, we can make this more big time. So he develops this into a bigger scam and takes this on the road as just a mentalist show. Takes a, a young woman with him as his partner. And he decides, it's like, yeah, I can make really good money if I manage to get a lot of information about somebody and convince them that we're talking to their deceased loved ones because people will pay anything for that. So he moves into these high society circles with, again, he's just scamming them. He hooks up with a psychiatrist who obviously has a lot of very personal information that is not available to the general public whatsoever as his partner splits the, splits the deal with her. Uh, this is, she's played by Kate Blanchett. Guaranteed, guaranteed she's going to have an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress out of this. She's terrific. Bradley Cooper's awesome in this as well. Uh, things go a little south, like really, really south. Problems ensue. Problems get really, really bad for Bradley Cooper because he tries to scam the wrong people and it goes on from there. Uh, again, this is set. This is set, I should have said, this is set in the same time frame as the original. So this is set like post-war, first World War II. Looks terrific. It's not black and white, it's in color. Although Del Toro is gonna release, when this comes out on home, for home release, he is gonna release a director's cut in black and white. That actually sounds cool. Awesome, it would be really, really great. So I'm really looking forward to that. But Cooper is excellent. Uh, Again, it's not doing much of the box office and frankly might not have done much of the box office pandemic or no pandemic because he's not a nice person in this. Um, there's not a lot of nice people in this film in general. And the original also didn't do anything at the box office. And Tyrone Power played the lead in the original. He was a big box office star back then. Handsome leading man, blah, blah, blah. And he's, so he's playing this anti-hero, which was studio didn't want him to do it, but he, he wanted to do it and he did it and it bombed. So then he had to do other stuff. Bradley Cooper definitely is not a nice guy in this film, which is great that they cast him for this because he's, he's terrific in this. It's just basically, it's a descent of this character's. He doesn't start off with a really great moral compass to begin with and it gets really bad from there. And Kate Blanchett certainly doesn't help him with that. but. <laughs> awesome supporting cast. I really love 
just the the general feel of it it definitely has the exact feel of those 40s films and while it matches closely the original there's some significant departures and to me they're all in good ways so this is one of those cases where it made perfect sense to remake a classic film because I, I even people who like films probably one out of ten have even heard of the original let alone seen it so that's the perfect candidate to remake especially if you put it in the hands of someone like del toro so great job on nightmare alley uh you know, it sounds like and of course with that director you might think there's like <coughs> horror horror elements to it there's there's none but it's definitely a suspenseful dark literally but not that you can't see it the dark they didn't use the dc filter yay yeah they didn't use the dc filter but it it looks great it's terrific uh oh yeah i forgot to mention willem dafoe i mean has a terrific tony collette has a terrific cast everyone in it is exceptional really really good film um again it's uh the one for the pandemic it would have done much much better as far as commercially but artistically great great movie but definitely whenever it comes around matter of fact when it comes out and i have the director's cut watching that i'll definitely mention that again because i'm because it's going to be a different film totally it's going to be a different film and i believe it's going to be there's he said 25 30 minutes longer more background etc etc so definitely looking forward to that but if you have the chance and if you want to try uh to go see a film nightmare alley is definitely the way to go great great movie you it is it's coming to amazon prime but it does not have a date yet yeah shouldn't be too much longer because it's been out for about a month now so Ta-da. Good stuff. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I still don't have a segue. What did they eat in Nightmare? <laughs> what did they eat in Nightmare Alley? They eat liquor, liquor <clears throat> pizza because it's it's dark, right? Is that? It is dark. Best I can do on. Uh, <clears throat> so we're gonna move forward. We're <laughs> almost gonna reverse the digits of the of the year. So Nightmare Alley, 1947. It's the setting. Licorice Pizza, 1973, almost made it to 74. Uh, set in San Fernando Valley. This, this is a coming-of-age film, but it's uh, a little different from the typical coming-of-age film because this is from Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, so when the guy who comes out with There Will Be Blood comes out with a coming-of-age film, you'd be pretty sure it's going to be a different kind of movie. Definitely is. Definitely is. So setting is, begins this 15-year-old kid. He's just getting ready for school pictures. There's an assistant there who's helping getting the kids in line, making sure they sit the right way, blah, blah, blah. He gets a crush on her. Problem is she's like 25. And she's... Uh, yeah, you're 15. Get away from me. You're just don't be stupid. But despite that, they develop a relationship, develop a friendship. 
And it's the story of that relationship, that friendship as it goes along, as it goes along the very bumpy path, which friendships and relationships do. There are a few twists because the kid is an actor, not like a huge film star, but he's been in some, in the context of the film, he's been in a long running TV show. He's one of, God, I think there's supposed to be 15 kids in a TV show. So he's one of a, a large ensemble group, but he does commercial work. So he's got some money and he wants to, he wants to invest in the waterbed, the explosion of the waterbed phenomenon, which hit in 1973. So you touch on that, which is kind of a weird thing, but it makes perfect sense in the context of the plot. And then they talk about the gas crisis, because yes, there was an oil embargo from the OPEC nations in 1973, which led to a gas crisis, which is a big plot point in this film. So there's lots of slice of life bits that fall into place here, which affect the characters. So it's just really, really well done. Very interesting characters. The actors might be one of the most interesting things is the lead <coughs> is uh, Cooper Hoffman. Debut film, son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Interesting. Yes. Uh, Bradley Cooper also is in this film and is in a supporting role. I posted something about it on Facebook and someone said, oh, who's the more generic white guy, Bradley Cooper or so-and-so? He actually said it's the kid. Is the son of the most generic white guy ever, Philip Seymour Hoffman. But uh, dude is young. I'm not sure how old he is, 17, 19. This guy is going to be working in movies until he feels like he doesn't want to work in movies anymore. He is terrific. He's going to, and he's going to have a career a lot like his father. Uh, this guy is really, really, really good. Uh, the actress, also in her debut, Alana Hine. Never heard of her before because she's not an actress. She's a singer-songwriter, part of a group, Haim, with her two sisters. They're both in the film also. She's great. Uh, we'll see both of these people in, in a lot of films as uh, the decades roll on. And you might think, oh, man, that's really creepy, a 15-year-old and a 25-year-old. It isn't. Uh, I mean, for one thing, he's the one pursuing her the entire time. And she is completely disinterested for much of the film. And it's, it's not a... Uh, he's 15, so of course he's, he has certain things on his mind. But at the same time, it starts off as much more of an emotional connection and... Et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he immediately says, it's like, yeah, that's a girl I'm going to marry, which I mean, that's where his mindset is at. So it's, uh, it, it's, there's not, there's no pedophilia, there's no predatory aspect to it, et cetera, et cetera. So it's at times sweet, but mainly it's just this really intense, really interesting character study. It's, it's, I mean, it, it's basically, it's a rom-com by the guy who did There Will Be Blood. So take it <laughs> from there. So yeah, it's a little bit different, but really, really good film. And Bradley Cooper is terrific in this, terrific in this. 
he's actually he plays an actual person, producer John Peters, um, which is really odd. There are, there are some analogs to real people. <clears throat> John Penn is in it playing kind of a, a riff on William Holden as an older film star. But <laughs> Bradley Cooper, for whatever reason, is playing John Peters. Now, why, why they had some people playing analogs to real people, but they said, oh, we're just going to go with the real person here? Don't know. But it's not, it's not an accurate depiction of, of Peters. They basically used his name and his kind of basic persona, but dialed him up to like 15. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like the ultra asshole version of John Peters, which is really, really funny. And, and Cooper is, of course, terrific. When, well, he's terrific in anything, but, but he has this role when he can just play things up uh, to the absurd levels, which he does. It's, it's, it's just really, really good. So everyone is terrific in this movie. Highly recommend it. And again, this is one of those movies which probably 19 people will see because that's the environment we're at uh, right now going to the theater. So... When I saw it, there were five other people. Nope, four other people in the in the theater, and I saw it uh, five thirty on a Saturday afternoon, which is pretty much prime time for for film. And the movie just came out this week, so yeah, um, it is not going to be making a whole lot of money. Not that his films are typically box office smashes, but well, when I saw Nightmare Alley, I saw it uh, the week before, so it was about two weeks into its run, and there were two other people in the theater. So, yeah, um, most films, like I said, unless unless it's Spider-Man No Way Home, people are not going to the movies, that's for sure, <clears throat> which is probably the smart thing. And that, that sounds almost like a segue back to the beginning. Yes, the, the, the COVID thing still exists. Uh, so if you are going to get out and go to a theater, do it safely. Make sure it's not an overpacked theater. Wear a mask. I'm not sure how much I can stress that. But and if you want to watch The Matrix Resurrection, you don't have to because you can watch that on HBO Max. Exactly. So Which I did. There's our, that's our recommendation. Stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Dawn, that's the end.